Let's get real. Hello. So tell me your story. Do we introduce ourselves? No, tell me your story and then let's introduce ourselves afterwards. I wanna hear your story. It's been, we, now we just delayed by setting this all up. And now I need it, now I'm, I'm craving. So I also like to shop in thrift stores. Um, I, we, I may have arrived at that for different reasons, but uh, for me it was uh, probably more financially motivated in the last few years as there have been some really lean times. And then, and then also, yeah, learning about fast fashion and all that it was just kind of like, it was kind of how I, in the same way, actually back when we were roommates, how I, how I justified, cause I was like, I didn't want to do Napster. I didn't want to steal music and all that. Yeah. But I was like, I, but I can buy used stuff. I can buy used CDs. Yes. That's why I got into vinyl really. It was just because it's like, oh, here's a cheap way. And I can still feel good, which is, Kind of funny because it's like you know the, the second market doesn't actually feed the artist anymore. No, not at all. No. So this is a really good context for heading into this whole you know ethical discussion. Um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I I haven't really shopped for much, kind of as little as possible for most of the pandemic, mm. basic needs. Um, and I I was actually in this play um, recreating the the murder trial of Emmett Till. And it was like, you know, I was like one of- So it's, uh, a, com it's a comedy. A total comedy. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was like, I was one of 12, the the all white male jury in Mississippi. And it yeah. was like, you know, and we had some kind of reference photos and they were like, just, yeah, basically white shirt and uh, khakis. And I was like, I don't uh, own khakis. <laughs> and I think I don't, I'm I don't, I don't know. part of that, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that has not. In a need, um, so I go to the the thrift store near me, and it's um, I mean, yeah, like just because I haven't been in a lot of retail environments, and I think this was still, I mean, this was more than a month ago, so I know a lot of what we're going to talk about today is the shift. Part of what we're going to talk about, you know, there's the general context of of COVID rules and uh, regulations, but then also the lifting of them where I live in Chicago. But this was still when when mask mandates were still in place um, to mm. go into stores. So you know, yeah. So going to the store with a mask and there's, it was actually pretty crowded. And I kind of noticed it when I walked in cause I, I, had, I had thought, I had remembered dressing rooms being over there but it was a ton of self checkout lanes. So I assume that was yeah. an adaptation to say it's safer to have people check out themselves and not just limit as much contact as possible. Um, yeah. So I found, I was also in a hurry, just that's also, common for me when I'm shopping and so I just I grabbed four four pieces four pants off the rack that seemed close enough and again it wasn't like uh, you know probably something I was going to be wearing a whole lot uh, so I take it to the front well actually I walk around the whole store and I'm like where is the dressing room and yeah. it's just non-existent and I finally go to the front and I'm like is there a way I can try this on and I said no we don't we don't have dressing rooms anymore um, but you, you can buy them and then, and he probably did say exchange, but I think I heard return because in yeah. my mind, I was like, like it's, it's sort of true for me, but then I think I've also got a bit of, of narrative or radar for like how this could affect, you know, all kinds of different, you know, people. And I'm thinking, so 
the requirement now is to either so precisely know your size or be able to hold up a piece of clothing and just see that, which maybe some people can. Very or essentially buy buy all four pairs and not be able to take back the three that you didn't like or didn't fit. You could exchange them, but essentially yeah. they're requiring you to spend four times as much money in the store. Yeah. Uh, no matter what. And I didn't realize that until I tried to bring them back after the show. Oh yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I did, it was, again, I was in a hurry <laughs> and they were closing and I just, I just donated them back. I was like, I, I can't process this. Like, I, I don't understand the policy and I didn't want to like, I wasn't mad. I didn't want to take it out on somebody, but I, I was so confounded. I was like, how did this become the policy? Like, how, how is this the way? Cause I could, I, at that moment in time, I could do it. There's other times when frankly, things have been so lean to be a problem, but there's lots of folks and maybe generally a lot of folks who do thrift shop at thrift stores demographically who can't buy four times as many clothes and then, and then and not afford to have the rest of that money come back. No, just take a loss. Yeah. Yeah. So, or, or just keep exchanging until, I mean, that would, might've been the way I could have done it. It's just, you know, <laughs> I had two weeks to be like, and it was like, my time was up. And I'm like, well, I guess I could have just kept exchanging these. Cause even in the next round, you'd still have to take more than you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you're stuck. You're stuck in a long-term relationship with someone who you don't understand. And, and I've had a total luxury and privilege of, of not being in retail, not being an essential worker in that way, not being on the front lines of so much physicality and COVID. So none of this is just some blanket criticism, but it's, it's a curiosity. You know, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know the, the kinds of um, thinking or, or rules or regulations that have gone into how any market has shifted for COVID. Um, but that was, that was my story. And uh What's well, interesting, especially the line, I want to pull the line up. You said there was like, who, what, who, who made this policy? What, what is this policy? What is like, what is the foundational thing behind this policy? And, and then being stuck in that place of like, wait, I either have to now have to figure that out or, uh, okay. <laughs> you either have to figure it out or surrender to it. You're kind of, you're like, because you, you, you realize very quickly, you won't be able to process it with the person who's there. They won't and I can promise you from experience, they will not be able to answer you. And so that will actually lead you to a place of attempting to communicate and failing. So yeah, you either like, okay, I've got to go to deep five, figure this out, or I don't, I don't know, I just take, I don't know. I just take, take the loss. I'm just going to take the loss in every experience, which I think leads us to what we're going to talk about on today's episode of Totally Classic. Uh, I'm Brendan McNamara. And I am Andy Swindler. And today uh, we are going to talk about, I mean, I think initially the conversation was on, I want to discuss the ethics of vaccine passports. So I think that's sort of a general heading maybe of what we can discuss. Um, but I think when we first sort of started banging this back and forth, and I really wanted to talk about it with somebody else who I thought um, would have a different frame of reference uh, a re uh, communally, socially, uh, of, of how these things were being received than I do. Um, not that I have much community who's received this is um, often a community of one, but certainly just online communities who, who, whose you know, voices I can interact with. Um, and then as things have been lifted, now it's kind of transitioning. It, it'll still be that, I think, hopefully let's talk about that. But um, as they're coming down, I think to me, it's been a, a revelatory thing, but even just talking by a text with you, Andy, that 
I think the cool thing is, is the same altered framework that happened before has actually filtered into the reception of reality as the mandates have been lifted as well, is that people who had a completely different comprehension of why they were there also have a completely different comprehension of why they're gone. Whereas I was in this, I was like, oh, this is great. I'm like, now we're gonna unify because it's so obvious that A, B, and C, and you're like, oh yeah, no one's really talking about that. Everyone's talking about D. I was like, D, D's not even on the table, you know? <laughs> but I was like, which again, which is like, this is great. This it is, is the table. That was the problem. Yeah, D, yeah but... exactly, exactly. But no, your story is, I think, an excellent example of like, why, why is this? And I, uh, for one, have been, um, I have had many <laughs> retail COVID <laughs> disruptions. Uh, I've had the police called on me for these sorts of disruptions. I've had uh, the, I've had people in in my face quite aggressively uh, demanding I leave the pre the the uh, their office. Um, yeah, I've been kicked out of places uh, for, and I got listen. All I've done, I haven't done anything, but ask why, and then engage in that conversation. That is, I've not throwing any punches, I'm not casting the aspersions, but just in having, so it's funny to you, I was like, I think you more quickly came to the, the place of realization where that I'm still obtuse, I'm still uh, blind to, or half giddily intentionally blind to, um, that like, oh, okay, well, let's reason this out. Let's figure this out together. I don't understand it. So you and me, please explain why. And having that had now dozens and dozens of conversations over the past two years, no one, zero, I'm not joking, zero people I've spoken to asking, why do you have this policy, have ever been able to answer the policy beyond like sort of the first kind of one or two ways you can begin to answer that, nine of which usually are, are genuine answers. Um, so in some ways you save yourself a lot of headache. It might've been worth the like 14 or to $18 <laughs> that you'd lost to uh, save yourself the, the emotional pain of realizing that you couldn't, you would fail to communicate with a fellow human being which I know causes me literal gastrointestinal distress. <laughs> well, it was it was around forty dollars, so I may be shopping at the oh, wrong. Oh snap! Store. That's a that's a nice thrift store then, man. Yeah, yeah, four, four pants, dude. Chicago, Chicago prices. I don't. I guess, I guess. Well, yeah, no, it is a more competitive market. Well, and if you went, there are certain levels of thrift stores. You go in some thrift stores where it's like, I'm probably going to find what I'm looking for, and there are other ones you're like. Who knows? <laughs> it's going to be dynamic. It's going to be amazing or absolute trash. And I spend 25 minutes here and I get some sort of an allergic reaction and I leave with nothing. You know. Yeah, this, it might even be a chain. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, there's a, a, yeah, it's a, a bit more institutional. Yeah, it's but, a bougie one. By the way, um, I want to, I'm realizing, I don't know if the mic is picking this up, but I will share my, one of my absolute favorite points of joy, which is my solar power dancing unicorn. And I'm, Wondering though if it's making a little bit of noise. So oh interesting. A rare occurrence. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask my unicorn to maybe okay. go over here and be out of the light and stop dancing. Um, oh nice. Oh I, I didn't hear it at all, but you might. Who knows? You you may have a nicer mic than I do. I doubt it. But anywho, <laughs> uh, that, that little technical uh, thing aside. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that you know, I am so grateful. I, I, I don't know. I think one thing we uh, uh, realized in our very, very long text uh, threads was something, uh, one of the things we share in common, other than that one album. Um, yeah. Which I but, think, wait, wasn't that the comic? We didn't mention this last week, but just to like. But should we? Shouldn't we? Maybe. It, maybe it no, yeah, right. Let's keep it. It could, be like, it could be a whole thing where we, we ask people to guess. and you Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. And then know. give away and give away something. Yeah. 
We'll get okay, the band. We'll, 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 we'll give away three pairs of khakis. <laughs> <laughs> um, but curiosity, you know, curiosity is just something we both, I think, naturally have. And, yeah. And not just like, well, maybe everybody has curiosity at some level, but it's like a core driver. It's like, wow. Like it's an, it's one of the first, if not the first instinct for, for both of us in a situation where we're just like, whoa, like, like what? Like maybe it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Um, and so I so appreciate, even before we started texting, you know, just some of the things you've put together that have provided really alternate viewpoints from where I was, um, you know, and I, and I want to even check some of the language, right? Cause I, I, part of what today is about is I think you sharing a lot of, of your own research. And then I want to be really vulnerable about, um, the path I've been swept into in a way mm-hmm. yeah. and how that is a limited path and how I haven't always been curious about what's going on. And in, and in many ways, kind of in the, in the boiling frog, so does that seem like the context for today? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, and my hope is um, that over the course of this, this is a, a new podcast. This is a new endeavor that we're um, engaging in, although it's, a, it's an outgrowth of, I think, how we've interacted really throughout our whole friendship, just to one degree or another, constant curiosity in various and sundry areas from any, in any, in any uh, route. But, and I hope we'll be able to, I, I say this just for listeners too, that, that, uh, I hope we'll have an exchange in this way too, because there are certain areas that I, in the same time, I think as I came to you and I was like, oh, I got a, a lot of, um, I got a lot of kindling on my side, keeping this fire stoked. And you were like, I don't know, I got a smolder over there. Yeah, I, I, I know some stuff, I don't know. But at the same time, I was like, okay, well, I gotta be careful with this. I want um, reciprocity and equanimity. Um, so let's make sure, I wanna, if I'm going to interrogate, if I want to sort of interrogate you about something you don't know a ton about, uh, relatively speaking, just I, w- I want to make sure to interrogate you a bunch of bunch of things you know more than me about. <laughs> so yes, so yes, just so people know, this will be a mutual uh, exchange program uh, of these of these viewpoints, so we can kind of go uh, back and forth on it. So yeah, for for me, I, maybe even working backwards, maybe this would be helpful or harmful. We'll not, we'll find out. Uh, I thought recently as. Most specifically, there are mandates there specific in, in Chicago, you had one here in North in Raleigh, North Carolina, we did not have one, but there was there was in a number of cities throughout the United States of America where the way I would describe it uh, as is as medical apartheid, that we introduced segregation uh, to public spaces such as restaurants as a prime example, but museums, DMVs, libraries, all sorts of things. Uh, which we'd already sort of soft done a year previous with mask mandates, but it became even more, I think, fundamentally internal, <laughs> internalized uh, with vaccine mandates where people would need to re- provide proof of vaccination in order to sit down at a restaurant and eat. Now, as far, far as I'm aware, since Jim Crow, I don't think in the United States there's ever been a law banning people from restaurants. Um, other than an individual, of course, behavioral basis, that if you frequently come into that restaurant, you know, with a hammer and you continually smash, 
you know, <laughs> the, the menu behind the counter, you might be banned from that establishment and owners reserve the right to refuse all service and that sort of thing. You know, that has always existed. Do, um, do you speak from personal experience on that? Just, just the desire, just the desire to just break things, certain beautiful things, certain like beautiful fragile objects. Some part of me is like, that would be pretty cool if it smashed to bits. I need to leave the museum. You're, um, you're, you're, the name you've offered to restaurants when we've been together is is Kaboom. So there, you know, there may, yes. may, may be a, a, yeah, there. yeah, um, there's an explosive aspect. The only two I can think of are, you know, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Yeah, uh, and then and then various forms in different areas related to guns, like uh, yeah. based on what the guns gun laws are. But those are the only gun laws are. Yeah, yeah. Which which I felt like mask mandates were in precedent of. You know what I mean? Um, they still were. It was my whole contention was an ideological compulsion because it was, uh, but at the same time, it's no more an ideological compulsion than not wearing a shirt, for example. Um, so and, and in, so, in some ways, mask mandates kind of were in precedent with, with that sort of what we're all accepting of. What I found troubling is then vaccine mandates were introduced and everyone was like, that's okay. Especially in, in that moment in time where vaccines were not the most protective, um, wasn't the most protective immunity to be had by by literally by a, a degree of tw it was 27, 27 times less protective against uh, protection so uh, against um, infection so that was kind of remarkable and then no one seemed particular I wouldn't say no one but very few seemed particularly riled about it and at the same time our president was talking about literally with kind of an uppercase T uppercase U the unvaccinated as though it was a category of person. So my whole premise, this is sort of my thesis statement, that we, in the space of one year, and this is fascinating, uh, and I know I get too happy about it, but it is fascinating, that we introduced a new system of dividing human beings and of othering, very specifically, from the highest levels, and then we enacted segregation based on that othering in one year, all in 2021. Never before had I ever heard people divided into vaccinated and unvaccinated as that was a that was never a category I interacted with for 43 years of my life is what we would refer and I think that's true for most people. And yet by the end of the year vaccinated and unvaccinated was the category by which you could either gain entry to a restaurant or not. And that. I mean, honestly, that just blew my mind and so for you in Chicago I had a completely different experience than me in North Carolina, where there was I'd say like. There was literally one restaurant that I know of in Raleigh that voluntarily enacted that thing. Um, and I would say within 48 hours of that announcement, uh, I was blocked from their page on Instagram. So lets you know how that, how that went. <laughs> well, and that's, uh, I'm just even thinking about the examples I just mentioned. I mean, gun, gun laws maybe uh, that that's gonna vary, but yep. I think no, no shirt, no shoe, no service as an example, that's that's an individual voluntary. That's not a state mandated. Yes, never yes. been a state mandated thing. I, you know, there also have been attempts to discriminate on, of course, for, in all kinds of different ways. But that's yes. that's that's all been personal, like this restaurant or this bakery. There was some notoriety around that, around not wanting to serve LGBTQ communities and things like that. But, but yeah, but that's you're talking absolutely. about state mandated. That's the distinction, right? State mandated, or even just enact, like enacted in a public fashion and not challenged or derided on it. I think the, the baker is an excellent example. And when I brought up to my friends immediately, I was like, oh, wow. So all of Los Angeles is like the Colorado baker now. They've just decided that certain ideological people, they will not serve. They won't even allow in their, they'll ask to leave their establishment, which is far beyond even that Supreme Court case, right? 
Um, also fascinating, one of the people who was rejected by that Supreme Court, um, uh, sort of rejected by that baker, um, they're, um, they're buddies now, which I just think is, I just want to footnote anyone who'd never followed up on that story, that like he's friend, they're friend, they're continue, he's maintained a relationship with one of the people who he wouldn't make a wedding cake for. I just think that's a good, something we should just hold on to as people in the same way that I want to talk with people with divergent views, that they, people can form friendships and admire each other, even while they find life choices detestable or whatever. But even that, he wouldn't be like, you need to get out of my bake shop. You know what I mean? You need to leave. You can't leave. You can't come in here, you homosexual. You right. know what I mean? I'm not going to tell you your cake is different than, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for your wedding or whatever. It's like, because I don't believe it's, I can give you a wedding cake because I don't believe you can get married, essentially. I don't believe it's a wedding, so then I can't do that thing, right? So then it's, but again, that's a comprehensive ideological thing that we have to go, wait, what a second, what do you say? Why won't you make them a cake? We need to flipping talk about that, right? But right. I think especially this came about both voluntarily here, which I thought was, ethically egregious and then but then yeah from a state mandate too when I was like oh great well no one's going to do this and then to find out you know you sent me signs from in your neighborhood where people were oh no they were full-on doing this and I was like oh cool well they're gonna everyone's going to protest like Black Lives Matter did outside of you know restaurants in New York and it was like nope no one did no and may I'm feeling like another piece of context might be yeah uh so I am vaccinated yeah, Pfizer, and I've had two boosters. Oh, you're double boosted, baby. You're four. You're four deep. Double, I'm double boosted. Yeah. Um, and wait, is that right? <laughs> or do you have? Were you three? Are you three deep? I'm, three, I'm three deep. I'm three, three deep. deep. Okay, so, so you're just single. I'm, you're single boosted. I'm single boosted. Yeah. Yeah. Jay, I'm, Jay. Thinking, I'm thinking of the second shot as a booster, but that was. That was actually part of the whole vaccination sequence. So, yeah. I'm, I'm three. I'm three. Yeah. I'm three sticks in. Three in, baby. <laughs> three sticks to the wind. Um, Triple jab. And you know, for me, I was extraordinarily careless about the first one. It yep. was largely um, motivated by my mother, and oh, you know, she, she was quite afraid at the time. And, you know, I, I think I would have done it, but I wasn't in a hurry to do it. Uh, yeah. I wasn't in a hurry to run out and do it, especially because, you know, in the beginning it was like, we should save those for folks who really need them. And then it was, yeah. and then it, and then it flipped to, we can't give these things away on the corner of the street. Yeah, uh, no, so millions, we lost millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars of expired vaccines over the past. Within like a month. I mean, yeah, it was, oh, yeah, it, no, no, no. They, it was was, such, it's, it's government, dude. They waste, they waste money like crazy, whatever. So, and, and all the way to the point of, um, you know, my mom making the appointment and, oh, wow. and just cause, you know, she's retired and this was really important to her and she was kind of yeah. not, not wanting me to stall. And again, I wasn't like, I'm not going to do it. I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's as it, I never thought it was that important for me for a variety of reasons, um, just due to my health. Um, but I did buy into the idea that, oh, this might, I, I do worry that they might be more vulnerable. And if I'm, if I want to hang out with, you know, my elderly parents, like that, that yes, that, that would be a thing to do. Um, but all the way to the point of when I actually got the shot, I didn't know which brand it was. Yeah. Yeah. A lot oh, of so. people, a lot of people didn't early, especially early. You kind of, you had to, you had to like find out online, which, 
clinics were giving which one. So for people who were going to be like, no, I'm doing Jane Jakes. I only want to do one or Moderna because Moderna's results were stronger than Pfizer's. And I was paying attention to all this because I'm a super nerd. So, but yeah, you had to like find out which clinic did which or some clinics you could request specifically which one. Other than that, they would just kind of give you whichever one's next in the, in the lineup. Well, I think the only way I actually really reverse engineered it was because Pfizer was a four week until the next one, Moderna, I think was yep. three, and then J&J was one. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, that's the one I got. But yeah, I, yeah. I'm saying all of this to, because I think this is important context for, for anybody yeah. listening in this discussion. And to me, that illustrates a level of carelessness that I don't, I wouldn't like to believe doesn't show up in other areas of my life. But to have that much medicine or whatever we want to call it, injected yeah. into me and have and be so careless as to not even really know what it was uh that that i think uh that's something i've thought a lot about for myself and i think it illustrates yeah. a lot of the story here like that we that folks sure. like me got swept into sure and then, well everybody to some degree i mean statistically everybody you know in a lot of ways got i think anyone who paid who's paying attention to the news in any way uh got swept up into the same what is it i don't know the same tsunami of of thought which was sort of panic and fear and then like how do we deal with that fear and and then even if you weren't really absorbed in it if you're adjacent to someone who was then there's a propulsive energy in your mother's case or whatever like carrying you forward uh with that and i think that was alarming to me very early in 2020 um as i begin to talk about stuff in like april of 2020 and this is just mask-based stuff where i was like hmm this is weird this seems contradictory to everyone saying follow the science i went and followed the science and saying different than what all these recommendations are saying that's really weird and i would talk about it with my friends and they would very soon people were like i don't know no i think i think they work man and i was like okay well, why do, oh, okay and i'd be like oh all right why do you think that curious curiosity is my jam and people had no reason and i was like oh no and that scared me to death now it really did it caused me enormous anxiety i was scared of covid for like two weeks because i have ulcerative colitis which is, not, is an autoimmune um, issue um so i was so i was like oh i might be in a high sort of high risk category and then after that, I was like, well, what are you gonna do about it? So it, we knew by like May, like April, May, even for pretty sure that it was gonna be endemic. So I was like, oh, well, I'm gonna get it. We're all gonna get it. We know that, we've known that forever. Um, so, or Johns Hopkins was kind of saying that pretty heavy uh, in like April, May of, of um, 2020. So I was like, well, I can't really worry about it then if it's inevitable, you know what I mean? That's kind of like worrying about death. That seems sort of silly, you know? Um, but as time went on, I got deathly, I was deathly afraid of people like you, Andy. So that's why I'm so happy I'm talking to you now. I'm scared of people who then, especially with, when the government tells you to do something, because I, I had this presupposition as like a, someone who grew up, I guess, like post Nixon, post Vietnam War, and then came of age during like, I mean, I was like a 20 something during 9-11 and the Iraq war, which we all know our president should probably be tried for war crimes for starting that. Like that was a, a far more repugnant uh, invasion of a, a country's sovereign airspace than what's going on in Ukraine and Russia right now, right? Which we all think is egregious. So we did worse than that. So we, I grew up in an era where it was like the government does super huge, terrible things and they tell you it's real and it's not. So I was like, that's what we all generally think, right? And so for me, like, I think it, it put me in a state of panic but in panic or fear I go towards the problem I go towards the tension and I started exploring to the point where it became 
I think pretty, I was pretty ravenous for information. So I think it's fascinating that we have these completely opposite um, trajectories of curiosity. And in some ways though, but I don't indict you or anyone. To me, I just try to engage people to become curious because at the same time, there are plenty of things in my life I'm not curious about. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, even my carnivore diet, like I, I ate carnivore for a year off of the recommendations of three people, maybe an hour or so of podcast listening, read three or four articles and that's it. You know what I mean? And for yeah. me, that's very little. That's about how much I mean, I don't go to a restaurant unless it's been recommended by three sites that I trust, you know what I mean? So like, for me, that's a very small amount of, of research, you know? Right. And by the, and by the way, I was at a, a party, um, was it last week? Um, uh, I'm involved in mutual aid networks in yeah. Chicago. Mutual aid and restorative justice, two of my favorite things you'll probably hear me mention. And uh, <clears throat> this was like a party of 20 somethings. I was, I was definitely the old guy um, yeah. at 43. And they had a keg of Guinness because uh, it was a St. Patrick's Day party. Oh, fun. And I wanted to share this with you. I did a keg stand for the first time. Wow. And I was you're like. Right. And Andy, you're a, you're a sizable individual. I, yes. What are you like, 6'3"? You're like 6'3"? Six, 6'2", three? Six, and, a, and a little on the heavier end of, of yeah. things right now. Yeah, Which is also a funny side story because I, <laughs> in the beginning of the COVID, I went the other way. I got, I was like. Oh, this is it. I need to be, you know, like super on my game and healthy. And this is oh, oh yeah, what's, what's going to happen. And oh, me and, too. And then the energy and the stress and all the things kind of flipped the other way. Um, but it is hilarious because I mean, I was like buying kegs for our shower in our dorm room and stuff. But, but, yeah. but we we never did keg stands. Like that wasn't no. I I, I've never done one. I don't know. Okay, well, congratulations for joining no. for joining that passing a 20 something ritual in but the, the reason in the midst of chaos the reason you made me think of that though was one of the um, women there uh that i've gotten to know through the mutual aid network uh was commenting that this is the first war in her lifetime i think let's say she's 24 and it's like huh so you know i think probably technically alive ish well not really <laughs> i'm like when was iraq like yeah i mean i guess not really that was like 2001 um no, no. i mean she would be ignoring i mean the yemen maybe the, the lives lost in yemen greatly exceed that of what happened in russia ukraine but the media this is the first media covered war let's be great distinction yeah. this the idea i mean i remember that i i was like unemployed and just like on the couch for a week and uh, yeah. shock and awe and just watching talk about wow just just tap plugging into cnn you know just for a week straight i mean that, yeah. that probably caused a lot of damage <laughs> <laughs> it's intense um, we live in a very weird time for for the ability to cover war i mean it's it's intense it's almost it's almost dehumanizing to the since it's there's a lot of diminishing returns of exposure to that sort of information and that sort of tragedy you know but um, amazing so i guess so yeah she was probably technically alive but the first you know but she would have been a baby um so but yeah the great your distinction about a, a media covered war i almost want to call it like an official war it's a, america, I, yeah. america's imperialism basically dictates that we are always in some level of, yeah, of yeah. overtaking we, our conflict yeah. we just got out of Afghanistan last year so right. yeah, we were right. in that one yeah, yeah. Um, and people have accused people of this being explicitly race-based, which we can maybe discuss on a future episode. 
that essentially it's like white people killing white people. No, I don't think that's, and that's why people are interested. I don't know if that's completely accurate or not. I think it has quite a bit to do with this whole, Russia has been the boogeyman for our culture for generations. And so it's like, it's, it features the main villain. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's We've like gotten to the end of the level or the yeah. end of the season finale or yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's Darth Vader appearance. So we're gonna focus on that one, so. But yeah, when, and, and brown people have been killing brown people and, and black people have been killing black people in wars, civil wars and wars. And we, that's a weird thing. We sometimes call them civil wars when we're like, eh, eh, we don't really want to talk about it. As long as it's in the boundary, you're like, over 200,000 people have died. Yeah, but it's in the boundaries. So, eh, <laughs> Yeah, I remember visiting Cambodia a few years ago and, and learning you know some things i certainly didn't learn in history here about cambodia and vietnam yeah um and I'm, I'm, there's still so much i don't know but it was this interesting point of relief when it was described as like oh well actually a lot of this uh, the, the landmines and the, a lot of the destruction came from there uh, to your point civil war yeah um and i'm like it was an odd relief because I just kind of assume at this point America has probably in, in directly or indirectly caused so much um, of the world's you know destruction and poverty, and and there I'm sure we have, and, and I don't want to learn more about that. Um, but just I just want to point out like there was this sense of relief, and and yeah maybe to the extent that that's even um, a manipulated story in some way to be like oh God okay this one's not on us great oh, okay, few few yeah. yeah but that's. Uh... Well, actually, I don't want to kill your your point about the woman having experiencing her first war. Although to me, that does connect to this, uh, this these divergent narrative senses of reality. And this is one of the great things we can kind of use systematic reasoning to determine like which one is actually real or which elements I should say of each are are genuinely accurate. Is I I think the media has driven uh, a narrative sense that is propagandistic. Uh, and not necessarily based in objective reality in such, which which led to segregation in, in restaurants based on a brand new other category to where people were like, well, yeah, all right, okay, get over it. You know what I mean? Get over it. Huh? And, and some of it connected to what you were talking about too, which is the presupposition. And I had this conversation in, what was it? Like January, February of 2021, because some of my friends were even like, volunteering to jump the line in order to like kind of jump the line and get vaccines early and stuff and what they constantly were saying is why well, i'm not worried about myself but you know i'm going to be around my parents and i don't want to infect them and at the time i was like well well wait a second because i was reading paying attention i read the the first uh you know especially pfizer's i, I went deep on because i was like it was actually it's i think it's still the most pop the most popular it's the most popular product they've made the most money um and they also were the most at the time, they lost the belt, I think, like recently, but they were, you know, they'd received the largest criminal fine in history. It was like a multi $2.6 billion. So I was like, they're the ones to watch. Like they've already paid in the past, they've already paid $2.6 billion for fraud, where they like misrepresented what their medicine did. And they, they misled or got doctors to lie about it. And, you know, I mean, there was like, it was deep seated and it was public record. And the, they basically, they paid the money to our government. So, um, so I was like, let's watch Pfizer. But I was like, I'd read the Pfizer uh, outcome of their, you know, uh, phase three uh, trials. And I was like, infection wasn't study. That wasn't, there was nothing that Pfizer was claiming. That's not really what the product is for. That's not what they, it was for. It was to, it was to prevent uh, hospitalization and death. 
you know, severe outcome, essentially. So, well, I shouldn't even say that, severe outcome from COVID because Pfizer doesn't, we still don't know whether uh, the vaccine for Pfizer prevents severe outcome, hospitalization or death, all cause, we don't know. There's actually, it's, it's according to their trial results, um, it's actually an increase of hospitalization and death, all cause, but not COVID specific. So it's protective of COVID, but it might cause enough problems to, to have an all cause detriment. But we don't know yet. We should know by now, it's been all of 2021, but it's still, we don't have the evidence. So I, you can't, no one can make a solid claim either way that like it's saving lives. But anyway, when the- But that, that, but that means it, it might be a net negative in it, terms yeah, of being, yeah. helping because it might be causing these other things. That's what it you're might, saying. It, yeah, it might cause more problems than it helps. It helps, yeah. I, I, I'm not arguing and I wouldn't, and be, I've been accused of this, but I've never said, and nor would I ever, that it's not helpful for COVID specific responses. It, vaccines produce quite consistent immunity it wanes more rapidly than we think. There's all sorts of, yes, you know, exceptions you can place to that, but it, it produces legitimate immunity to, to COVID. Um, but it never was, never, ever, when it was released, no, Pfizer wasn't saying, Moderna wasn't saying, this is going to stop you from getting, getting infected. People in the media certainly did. Um, the head of the CDC, CDC did, Rachel Maddow famously uh, did a whole monologue where she was like, you get this, the virus gets, comes in contact with you, stops there. It's not gonna happen, not gonna get affected, you're not gonna pass it on. That's how it works. And I was just like, hold on a second, no. There was super early preprints out of Israel by the time like February rolled around that it might be preventative against infection. It turned out to be a lot for about, like it was like 40, something like 40% um, protective against infection for alpha, the first, right? It's so weird how like we know, this is the first like virus in history that we've all been I think super aware of every single, <laughs> flipping variant of it. You know what I mean? Flu variants happen every single year and I couldn't I couldn't name a one. I don't know what letter of Greek alphabet we're on. But there was a there was a short protection window. But but anyway, people were still getting it for the same reason you're saying it, but it was purely driven by just people saying it. The company wasn't saying it, the the results weren't saying it. But people were like, "Well, I want to protect my parents." We that has nothing to do with it. That's literally it's a non sequitur. You know what I mean? It's kind of interesting. Yeah, and and to by the way, yeah, hopefully now everybody has learned the Greek alphabet for whatever value that has. Now I did, in, like I think seventh grade English, I learned a song, so, and she, she said, this will yeah. be for your life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Although we started, skip, we started skipping too. We skipped for Omicron. We skipped like two letters. So it ruined everything. Yeah. <sighs> Seriously. Yeah, we can't, we can't we cannot keep it together. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna come back. We're gonna run out and they'll be like, oh, let's yeah, go we'll come back. Let's go back and do G or X, Y, X, I, or Xi, Xi, or whatever you pronounce it. Zai Kai owner. Zai, there you go. <laughs> um, I have to sing it. Uh, let me let's make sure we all understand that though. So, okay. so as somebody who made that illogical leap, um, yeah. you know, to me it's like, oh, I'm gonna get vaccinated. That's gonna. Um, I, I, it's like it's like how do I even want to articulate it? The the really uh, simple version is um, this is gonna make COVID less bad yeah right what, 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 the heck, what the heck does that mean well yeah. i guess yeah. that means it's going to make it less likely for me to get it and if i do get it that's going to make the impact the symptoms and stuff less bad yeah. and that means i'll be less likely to transmit it to other people sure and that's wouldn't that sounds good right that sounds like a good thing to do and if you were told and it, in many ways people were informed of that but they were informed of that without without evidence yet 
You know what I mean? Without any convincing evidence. Now it turns out it did for alpha, up like for, it was, I think up to 49%. I'm, I'm just quoting off the top of my head. So it's, it's somewhere in there. Um, by the time Delta came around, that, plum, that plummeted um, pretty drastically. And then we didn't know how fast it was gonna wane. Also at the time, we didn't know that at the first two weeks after you get vaccinated, you actually go, it went into negative efficacy every single time it does. So every time you got vaccinated, for example, two weeks after getting vaccinated, every boost you got, for example, two weeks afterwards, you are more likely to get, get COVID than if you were never vaccinated at all for those two weeks. That's why it's always plus two weeks to be considered fully vaccinated kind of thing. Okay, we didn't know that yet. So again, all of that patterns out to people just saying things authoritatively and then people assume they're true, which led all the way after, and this is the crazy thing though, it took a year for, for vaccine passports to be put into place. And by the time they were put into place, we already knew quite a bit more. We knew how limited the protection window was. We knew about the two week dip. Every time someone gets vaccinated, they're more likely to get, to get infected. And then we also knew at that point, which we knew before vaccination came around that natural immunity was strong. Uh, the NIH published, published uh, you know, studies saying they hoped that vaccination would reach the strength of natural immunity. So we already knew that was, that was working great for us. Um, and then, so we knew all that. And then Delta had already hit before all the vaccine passports went into place. We knew for Delta from the same studies out of Israel that got us thinking that infection might be reduced, um, that natural immunity was up to 27 times more protective than vaccinated immunity. So then for me, again, all of this, no matter how, what narrative things you might've heard, by the time they put vaccine passports in near the end of 2021, I was like, wait a second. Okay, well, you mean, and people who've been recovered from infection too. And that since, and when they weren't included, I was like, okay, well then this makes no sense. This is, and that's why since then, I've really, I've, I've referred to those programs or those passports, those mandates as hate-based, which I wanted to discuss with you. Cause I was like, I believe I have rationally eliminated all other reasonable supports for how you could say that it would be okay ethically to have a vaccine passport, except for hate ultimately. And so for, I was like, okay, well then they're definitely hate-based. Um, but I want to hear your, but that's, but again, that's my perspective of having like be, be like super evidencey dude. But I was like, narratively, you may have had a completely different impression or just even, it may even be surrounded by people who have that same impression, in which case, why would you look at it? You know what I mean? Why would you question something that nobody's questioning and people around you are thoughtful people and you're a thoughtful person? You know what I mean? Why would you, why would you question it? Same way, like I never questioned fluoride in my toothpaste until people around me started going, actually, it's really not great for you, man. There's a ton of studies that show it's pretty, it's, it's, it's a form of poison. Oh, oh, all right. I never thought about that. I didn't, and I wasn't, I didn't think I was a bad person for like, I was like, oh, fluoride, I guess that's a good thing. Thanks, Tom's a main or whatever, you know what I mean? But any poison in a small amount is a medicine, isn't yeah. that? Just, um, just a little, man, it's the chemo. That's the chemo sense of things or tobacco. Look, look in the comments to see if that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and one point of clarity. So the vaccine yeah. passport is, yeah. the, is the card, is the CDC card, correct? Or, or there, is there another kind I mean, of passport? There are, well, this is the funny thing because a lot of the mandate, vaccine mandates have gone away, but the digital systems to sort of maintain your sort of vax card, that kind of thing, um, are, are actually still in place in a lot of places and they're actually, the system is growing. They're actually like going, oh good, let's get this system in place. 
which to me is seems a lot like social credit and scary and I don't like it at all. So I don't like that. But in general, also vaccine passport, I use it in the sort of colloquial in internet way, meaning like anywhere that you have to like have this in order whatever to- Whatever it is, proof of vaccination, right? Yeah, proof of vaccination in order to A, B or C, whatever it is, you know. Well, and it's funny because I, I think this conversation has given me a, a healthy dose of, of certainly, you know, thinking or, or double checking. And I was renewing my, my license, um, which is hilariously, um, my driver's license, which is hilariously, uh, it actually expired in the summer of 2020, but Illinois kept extending that like we could keep, keep driving oh. on it. And the only time that really became a problem was when I was, I was traveling and I was, I was renting a car in Atlanta and all of a sudden, you know, they were like, your license is expired. I was like, Oh, and, and they did. I managed to like go print out the letter from the state, you know, Secretary yeah. of state, but it was like, you know, we're, we, we don't have to, we don't have papers in the, within the U S that's not a thing typically. And, and so Until, I, know, yeah. I, I know lots of places do. So that was the, one of yeah. the first moments for me where I was like, and it was pretty easy to overcome, but it was like, Oh yeah. Like, like the difference in States matters uh, because yeah. in Illinois, like I can drive legally and then here yeah. that's different or I need this extra piece of paper or whatever. Um, so, so that's it. And I mean, even just at the level of like, they didn't even design those cards to be wallet size. Like just, there were, there were were like, even beyond the much more substantive things you're bringing up, it's like, it's just like some design flaws, you know? It's like, why why make a thing? Like if you're gonna make people play this thing around. Well, but Uh, again, I think, because I think though partially people, people who are actually just endeavoring to like get people vaccinated, didn't have that in mind. I think a lot of people who would like would be designing the program would probably be more informed than I was an actor sitting at home reading the New England Journal of Medicine. You know what I mean? So then like, and actually throughout the FDA as they've approved and approved and approved, they've constantly in their comments been like, well, for kids or whatever, well, we want to approve it for kids, but we do want to caution. We wouldn't want this to be mandated, but you know, yes, children five through 12 can blah, 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 you know what I mean? Or whatever, like 12 through 17, you know, we're going to allow it now for emergency use or whatever. But the constant language from people like actually in the system, not people blasting things through news, whatever biases weren't, aren't, aren't advocating, aren't advocating for passports and mandates and restrictions. So that's, this has been the thing that's wild to me is like, this whole like listen to the experts and follow the scientific community and it's like but really you're not you're just listen you know what the constant commendation is listen to the experts we give you and it's like all the, the very state media felt very 19 I reread, I reread 1984 which I think I read in high school like junior high and I was like this is all very 1984 this is literally like you think how we tell you to think and you think outside of that is wrong think and you will be excised from the culture you know well oh my gosh so and now I'm wondering, did I, did I read it? I think I saw the Apple commercial and that, that was enough. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that gives you basically Basically, that, that's, you know, yeah, yeah. That, again, we're gonna keep illustrating our different research methodologies. Um, <laughs> but the reason I brought up the licenses, I, I did finally get it this week and um, I was looking at the real ID and I, and I yeah. they've also extended that. So in a little more than a year, unless it gets extended again, uh, in order to fly even domestically, you'll need either a real ID or a passport. Um, and I was curious about that. I mean, I in my research, I did dig deeper than, I don't know, I probably would have before we started talking. I was kind of like to that same point of like, hmm, they're asking for a lot of documentation and a lot of information. And yeah, and I who's, couldn't, that, who's that gonna work against? 
Yeah, well, that for sure, even who does that keep out of it altogether? But then yeah. even for those of us who have it, like what kind of database are we putting, putting into and tracking all that? So, um, but I couldn't find a ton. And, and there were some old articles from like two years ago that were just like, yeah. ah, you know, like, like don't yeah. do it. Um, so I don't know. I, no, yeah. if you already have a passport, you're pretty much doing, it's, it's very similar to do. It's pretty much in, in yeah. the thing already, yeah. Yeah, but to me, I was like, people didn't, see, again, the, the people who I thought would be so angry about vaccine passports, I thought would be more angry about real real IDs too, because it's it's the same thing with voting ID or whatever. You know what I mean? It was like, who is this going to harm? It's going to harm people who don't have documentation right. of, of of who they are here. In which case, I was like, aren't we kind of kind of trying to be still the the America with the Statue of Liberty and people coming up on boats, you know? I know we're still, there's a whole bunch of people camped out at the Southern border. Like it's the flipping dopest festival in history they're waiting to get inside of, um, which really actually lets you know that some people think America is pretty great. Like if I ever saw the line outside of the Southern border of the United States, outside of a barbecue restaurant, I would probably break my brakes stomping on them to be like, I gotta try those ribs. That's like, this is like Aaron Franklin <laughs> barbecue in, uh, in Austin. Like this is, this is gonna sell out. America's gonna sell out. There's a lot of people in line here. Um, but no, yeah. but like it's, it's, it's weirdly, it's exclusionary. It has all this danger for exclusion. Likewise, vaccine passports, yet again, again, I'm just gonna keep piling on until, until you have at least some rational defense for them, Andy, uh, is that, I'm just going to keep bringing up other topics. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it's the only cogent argument, so it's totally fine with me. Um, no, statistically, I don't know in Chicago, though. Uh, in most of the places they were enacted, um, so for example, when someone here individually, an individual restaurant owner, Chidi Kumar of Garland, I will absolutely call anybody out who did this, um, she uh, enacted this vaccine only to, to dine inside a restaurant. Um, she's an Indian woman. Um, I was like, you know, this is disproportionately uh, classist, racist, um, it's kind of corporatist too, because you're basically saying you have to purchase a private company's for-product product in order to dine inside. This is like, if you don't drink Coke, you can't come in here. Um, so, uh, especially because again, it didn't restrict transmission. Uh, it certainly restricted transmission 27 times less effectively than someone who had COVID. So the fact that you're not making that exception means you're just talking about products here. And it's uh, disproportionately affects uh, black people, brown people, and poor people. In Los Angeles, same thing. In New York, same thing. Like disproportionately, whether, and you can't say unknowingly, because we all, these statistics are found within a four minute Google search. And when I had these arguments with these people, I would literally be like, what's the rate of vaccination? Vaccination rates are, were at the, especially at the time, publicized to the hilt. They were trying to let you know peer pressure wise, like how your community, how vaccinated your community was, you should come alongside. And black folks, brown folks, poor folks, disproportionately unvaccinated, which means black folks, brown folks, poor folks, disproportionately excluded from public life. And nobody who I thought would be really concerned about that uh, said really boo about it. You know what I mean? Other than some, obviously some BLM chapters in, um, in New York. Uh, obviously like raise the issue and picket it outside. But that, I, I swear that lasted like four days or something. And then it was like, well, that's over. All right, well, whatever. Black people can't eat in New York anymore. All right, whatever. It's, it's so, it's so weird. And especially in Chicago, to me, I was like, I thought people would start shooting, shooting places up. Like I thought people would start burning places down. So Chicago is already like, has a, has a troubled history. It's like in Boston too. Boston did the passport. I was like, what's going on? New Orleans. I was like, wait, yo, these are places with like some 
perilous, uh, like segregative, segregative practices that have led to violence and disenfranchisement to levels that are are, are pretty impressive outside of you know Mississippi. You know what I mean? When the, like the terrible stuff we think of, like when you just think of like racist terribleness. Um, and so I was like, and then you're going to do this on top of it. You're going to be like, mm, then unless you jump through this hoop, and never mind Tuskegee, uh, you know, then you can't you can't eat in this place. I was I I was consistently shocked that more people weren't furious about it. But when I talked to you, you were like, oh well, because because people again, so much of it was infection related. People think it helps or something, in which case some, or to me, people invented a new system of hate that they were like, no, this is the hip one. We're not really as into that as we are into hating the unvaccinated right now. So let's, let's all team up on them. And that's good because then we can all team up like black people and brown people and everyone, we can all team up and hate the unvaccinated. So that's, that's, not, that's unifying. It's like having a common enemy. It's like, it's, like a, it's like Russia. We can all hate Russia, right? We all hate Russia, right? I was like, I don't flipping hate. I mean, I, my, my name's Brendan McNamara. I don't hate Russia. I don't hate Russian people. I don't think uh, invading uh, a sovereign nation next to you just because you're scared they might like start threatening you, which is, I don't know, whatever. I don't know, I don't live there. Maybe it's real, maybe it's not. I don't think it's right, but I don't hate flipping Russia. You know what I mean? Just like, I don't think people should hate the United States when we invaded Iraq for no flipping good reason. You'd just be like, oh, y'all leaders are up to some bullshit. And you're like, yeah. And, and just like most of us here in America, we're like, yep. Just like I've seen plenty of people in Russia who are protesting on the street being hauled off and thrown in prison you know so uh, to me that's why again i just think i was like hate is the only that's the only that's the only like solid rationale i i can see and i'm shocked i i don't understand why other people or why literally almost everybody wasn't like yep <laughs> why don't you agree with me everyone <laughs> well <laughs> we're here to you know try to get everybody to agree with you yeah. <laughs> sure one quick loop back, and I promise I'll come back, uh, about the immigration. I was literally yeah. in a, a DEIB, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging training a week ago, where she she said flat out, she's like, yeah, we are no longer the nation of immigrants. Just just cold stop. Um, yeah. And just, just yeah, when you look at disenfranchisement and, and immigration uh, quotas and all of that. Um, so I wanted to, to, to loop back to that briefly. Yeah. And, and your point about, and this is, fat, I'm, I'm grateful that I, I do, you know, just in my work and, and due to us, all, most of us living in the matrix for a couple of years, I do talk to people all over the over, over the globe. I do have friends who immigrated here. Yeah. And you're right. As, as many things as we can point out that are totally fucked up about the US. Sure. People travel, like will travel through great hardship, you know, 2,500 miles to get here and stand in yeah. that line for the barbecue. Yeah. And it's like, okay okay and, and i think we can hold both of those things hopefully and say yeah. lots of work to do here lots of problems and yeah. okay like um we're doing we've done something yeah <laughs> america I, I, still still has something yeah i want to briefly just answer it and then i'll let you talk because i've, I've monologued already but like i keep seeing it as we need to and i've felt this since i was 12 years old thanks a lot public enemy help me help me i think on get on this train and realize like who america was um but like America number one, like that whole sensibility, you gotta throw that out. Like that, that is, it's simply uh, in fact, but America's the worst, completely false. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's that thing of like, well, and I think too many people held on for too long to like, we're number one. And once we failed, then it's like one or done, man. It's like, no, we can, we can be the, we can be the 16th 
or 27th like most immigrant-friendly nation on the planet. And that can also be really good. And let's just try to move up the list, right? Let's try to get to 13, 12, 11. Let's, let's aim for one, right? Let's compete. We want to be competitive. But like to act like, for example, we're like, like we're the worst, you know what I mean? We just hate all immigrants. You'd be like, are you out of your mind? Have you, have you looked at other countries? You know what I mean? Who literally, who like, who shoot immigrants? You know what I mean? Who round them up and stick them in prison camps? You know, you know what I mean? Or whatever. That's pretty much what New Zealand has been doing for people come in. They'll literally put them in quarantine and keep them there. You know, it could, so let's, let's slow our roll, guys. Let's just, let's, let's get over the, the issue of being like, you're no longer the gold medalist. What does it feel like to be ranked number 28? <laughs> Yeah, we've got our shared attention, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's that's it. Like, let's be honest where we are and let's try to improve. Yeah, let's just get better. That's it. Yeah. No, we're the best. You're right. Like, when we're not, the insistence that we are number one is, of yeah. course, not an honest view of where we are, no. which means we'll never, we can't move anywhere from there because we didn't start from the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that opening scene to the newsroom. Yeah, know, I thought that was great. I love that. You know, at, you know, Northwestern. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so coming back to the topic du jour, uh, yeah, you know, this was something that was hard for me to process as somebody who spends a lot of time in social justice circles, the particular focus on racial justice. And I, I hadn't noticed it. I hadn't thought about it. So that's, that's the frog boiling. Uh, coming back specifically yeah. to your point about yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the segregation uh, due to this. And I mean, yeah, I, I may have some had some fleeting notion of like, well, yeah, I know I know not everybody's vaccinated and I understand there are clearly trust issues for, for why not, why certain groups of folks don't trust the government or, or institutions in general. Um, it's interesting, actually, this just this this morning, I was at an event. It was the first time this group I'm involved with, Conscious Capitalism Chicago, I'm not very actively involved anymore, but first time in person in two years. And in fact, I remember that really clearly because it was like that Friday that the, the pretty much we went into lockdown was the last event. And I didn't go to that one because I, I felt a little not good that smart that morning. And yeah. uh, frankly, I, they're pretty early morning events. I was probably just like, I'm tired. I'm tired. I don't want to go. Um, but it yeah, was, yeah. but in that those early ways, it was like, Oh God, I don't, I don't know. Like I have a sniffle or, or I, I, sure. I didn't get enough sleep and, and I'm better. I better stay away, <laughs> which yeah, you know, yeah. is like the prudent thing to do. So anyway, we're all there. We're unmasked. One person I know was wearing a mask and I was curious because, you know, now that we're, you know, the mandates have been lifted here. It's interesting to kind of see who's making a choice. And, and again, that curiosity of like, why, why are they, why aren't they? And why did they before so, if they're not now? Yeah. Well, it turns out he, he's recovering from COVID. And yeah, yeah. he explicitly cited CDC guidelines. He said, well, I'm seven, I'm seven days in, which their guidelines suggest that I can, I'm, I think he said something like, I won't transmit, but I should wear a mask still to, to, you know, curb that or whatnot. Um, and I know we haven't talked a lot about masks here today, but that's the other piece of your research. I know that you've done a ton of, um, yeah, yeah. And, the, and there's the, there's a piece of that common sense. In some ways, I think the common sense is, is more clear and yet more deeply flawed in the mask zone, <laughs> the vaccine zone. Super uh, weird, yeah, yeah. But but he was, uh, but I, so I bring that up because there's so much of this. I think a lot of what you're asking is like, I mean, I want to come back to hate, but a lot of it's like, who do we trust? 
and and we do have this thing called the CDC, and and I'm yeah. not here to say everybody should just you know blindly trust the government for God's sake, uh, which in America is so so largely driven by corporate interests. Yeah, um, totally. uh, but it but it but I yeah I think I was raised in a way where where that is it you know that of course yeah, yeah. good old you know Father Fauci and 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 the CDC <laughs> this is this is the what we trust and. So it was interesting to, to run into that this morning, even now that things in a very rapid amount of time have opened up and most of the environments I'm in, you know, we're not really doing that. Um, one of the things I'll mention, two things I'll mention about the masks, because um, I think it, it all sort of ties together, at least psychologically, is, yeah, it, it was just, it was as basic as like, well, gee, I guess if I put this thing, uh, bet bet you know, between, Error with virus flowing through it, uh, that yeah. that it will stop. That that doesn't yeah, yeah. it make sense that that it would stop it? Um, and I know things you cite in the research. It doesn't validate that because you know, guess what? Science and and microscopic particles and <laughs> things we can't see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we can stop the invisible with a visible. Right. Yeah. And and it's it, it's fascinating as I've very more gently than you sort of brought out tried to like even to raise the question with folks. Yeah. And there's certain circles where people are so certain. And and I I was probably close to that certain at some point, but I guess my nature is always to leave room for that curiosity or like, yeah. mm, I don't know. Maybe there's another thing to to insert here and shift. Yeah. But there are there are communities that really like throw around the word conscious a lot or anti-racist and in many ways that's legit i would say and in, and in this case i have been astonished now that you've helped me um become more aware of of the at least uh or at best <laughs> um dismissiveness but at worst flat out bullying you know and i was even equivocating those we talked about this i was even equivocating yeah. those groups and saying well like well i don't know i think everybody's kind of giving it you know equally and yeah. you're like, well, no. And and I've, I now I've been asking folks, you know, I don't know what uh, I don't know what the right word is now. The unvaccinated, um, yeah, that that those kinds of questions, and they're oh, like, oh no, you you it's you have no idea how. So I think that's one place the hate really seems to be coming out. Um, yeah. and, and to me, that is a kind of like to be that hardened around a viewpoint, a truth is rooted at least in fear uh of, of because it's like oh god i'm gripping at this thing like so tight it can be yeah. the only answer and i can't read and and it, and and beyond that you know hate um it's harder for me to make the connection that because i have sort of bought into the cdc or a certain version of science that's been presented to me um that my choice to eat in a restaurant that uh, only allows people with vaccinations is hate. Uh, and yet I'm here to have that discussion because I yeah, think yeah. I shared with you the, the most egregious one I saw. And again, I don't know if I would have really noticed this had we not been talking, was a, was a restaurant sign that said, um, vax only. Yeah. You know, and you change one word and we're back in 1950, right? So yeah. And we've never seen science. I've never seen signs like that in my life. I, I'm 43 years old. I've never seen a sign like that on a other than like a private event, right? Going to a restaurant that you just walk to. Right. And I am, as an unvaccinated person, 
even before I before I was uh, in, infected by COVID, in which case I was like, oh, cool, all right, then I'm done. Um, I was like, this is not kosher. This is not a reasonable, it's just not a reasonable separation, right? Especially in a time period, I think, where we're examining every institutional binary categorization of human possible, right? In the zeitgeist, this is, con every, everything's up for grabs, right? We're constantly debating over everything that we invent a brand new binary in one year and everyone's like, yep, that's absolutely how that is. Now I bring that up because I think psychologically as a society, that's partially why we gravitated towards the unvaccinated vaccinated binary is because we've loosened up all these other definitions and we are binary creatures. We are, it takes a male and a female to create a human being, right? So just in terms of the sustenance of our species. So once that gets- It started, feels safe. It feels so safe. Yeah, yeah. you're like, well, and it's, cause it's, well, it's, it's just, and what's, it's, it's foundational reality, right? So you need a male and a female to create a human being. That's how the species survives, right? So then, but as we start going, well, yeah, but what are those and what else do those things mean? And then how, how much can we apply that beyond the biological unit? Blah, blah, blah. So we start breaking apart fundamental reality. Then people are gonna look for new assurances, right? Same thing happened with you disrupt society. People are gonna look for new assurances, you know? And this became this thing of like, I'm this kind, you're that kind. Tribalism gone, gone wildly awry to me led to this moment where, yeah, where, where people just wouldn't. And I guess I had to come confront this while talking about this to you, that it wasn't that people were like, yeah, F, F the unvaccinated. They just didn't even think about it. So then I switched to the personal when I started talking to people about it. I was like, y'all, that's, that's, that's me. And I spoke to some friends of mine in, who had gone to LA and they were telling me a restaurant they were gonna go to. And I was like, um, yeah, that place sounds delicious. Um, please don't go there. Please, please don't go there. They wouldn't, you, you have to understand, they wouldn't let me in if I was there in LA with you and I had COVID. So I'm at the time, uh, I had already found out that I had COVID, I tested positive for antibodies. I didn't know I had COVID when I had it, so who knows. Um, I was like, they wouldn't let me in. They would say, we can't serve you, sir. Even though I'm 20, up to 27, because at the time it was uh, Omicron wasn't really fully rolling yet. So in Delta, I was up to 27 times more protected than being infected than you. So I'm, I'm the I would be the safest person in our group to let into that restaurant. And they wouldn't let me eat there. Safer because you had the antibodies, because you had yeah. COVID. Yeah, yeah, because, and that this is all, of course, everybody's an individual little snowflake angel, and this is true, biologically speaking. So who knows? My immunity could suck. Theirs could be great. Their immunity could suck because we're all individuals. But generally speaking, from what we know, um, I would be the most protected person there in terms of safety if the vaccine mandate was about safety, which it is not. Just definably, it isn't, um, in my understanding, um, objectively. So I was like, please don't go. I'm trying to put a personal face on it. You know what I mean? I was like, no, it's when you go to a place that won't let me in. And again, the thing that struck me in that moment, I don't think they listened. I think they went to the place and then actually not terribly long after that, they don't, they uh, sort of barred me from friendship, um, which sucks. They're, they're some of my oldest, closest friends in the world. Super sucks. So speaking of like bullying, the degrees of bullying that like, and I don't even know if it's because I'm an unvaccinated person, but it's even for questioning and talking about these things. Um, I try to put a personal face on it. And as I was putting a personal face on it, I was like, when have these conversations happened in the United States about this level of just like regular Joe, this isn't even like weird, interesting, like, oh, in order to vote, you've got to do blah, blah. This is just like going to a rest, going out to eat, man, which at least for me is a, just a regular part of average Joe life. Get to go to, and especially with this group of people, we go to restaurants all the time. It's like our jam. 
And so I was like, we, I, they wouldn't let me in for no reason. So then I would never go to a place if they were like, you know, a, a bunch of this group of my friends are like, um, not religiously, but ethnically Jewish. So if I went to a place and they were like, no Jews allowed, I wouldn't go to that restaurant, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whether you were with me or not, I wouldn't be like, gosh, I can't wait till they go out of town so I can go to that Nazi place because they're bored, you know, whatever the, the Wiener Schnitzel is top notch. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, and, and so to me, and that's the same thing with you too. I was like, okay, well, just, you know, that's, that's me that they won't let in. And when have we had those conversations in this country, maybe in Japanese internment, if that was that post Jim Crow? That pre that was no that was pre Jim Crow so yeah since Jim Crow have we ever had that conversation where like a black friend could say to their white friend you know your favorite diner <coughs> they won't let me eat there so when you go there and we walk in together and they won't serve me and you walk out I appreciate that I appreciate you got my back you're like well if he can't eat there none of us are eating here we'll go we'll go eat spend our money somewhere who people who care about human beings right. But it's like, but if I leave town and then I see you like at that restaurant, like what, what's that about? You know what I mean? That doesn't, that seems like perform, that would seem like performative friendship. So anyway, I tried to, I tried to engage people on, the, on that level on it too. But even that was ineffective, Andy. I tried evidence, I tried empathy. Uh, you're an empathic person so we can have these conversations. Uh, and ho hopefully it was, uh, you know, as you said, it was like, oh, it got me just thinking about those things. And it's just, but again, it just struck me. I was like, who, why aren't people, and this is why this podcast is important. Why aren't people having these conversations? So people, this is the top, on the top of people's mind, you know? Oh, and I, <laughs> this is, <clears throat> I just learned this last week in the training. Yeah. Like these three levels of persuasion based on where people are. And yeah. that was exactly it. So if people are like, I don't understand it, you give them facts. Yeah. If people are like, I don't like it, you give them empathy. Yeah. And if people, if people are like, I don't like you. Yes. You give them vulnerability. So that's what, you know. Okay. I've tried. I've done with this group of friends that literally banned me. They were literally like, we can't, we're not going to be friends anymore. Uh, unless you get your obsessive compulsive disorder treated professionally. Um, they, uh, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. And honestly, that's, oh, dang, I have to go. Okay, we're gonna have to do this as a two-part conversation. Oh, gosh. And I'll start the next uh, sort of portion of this, since this was started with your story. I'll start with the story of actually why I started texting you in the first place. And then we'll dig, we'll keep digging into this neat. Amazing. Um, can I tag one little thing? Yes, oh, please. please. So it's, uh, yeah, it's the piece about, um, let me get it back. I, I think, yeah, this would be a great thing to just like ponder because um, this is, you could have like a five part, five parter. Yeah. What's, what I think is the case is that um, <laughs> maybe the most generous uh, uh, analysis I can give is that if we, if we look, if we imagine that both sides are, are trying their best to look through the lens of love, that that it is like oh no the, the science is that vaccines are good and if we all get vaccinated we'll beat this COVID thing yeah or, or all all manner of variations around that if we had done lockdown correctly if we had done whatever correctly yeah um and so that that's more the camp as somebody who's vaccinated more that I was walking through yeah and and I and now that I've started to just gently kind of poke, poke at that a little I, I I am now seeing the resistance that you're that you've you've confronted all over uh, and then, you know, for those who, who, you know, haven't, uh, gotten vaccinated or whatever, like haven't followed that path, um, 
what I hear, what I hear, the, the same thing I hear from both camps is why don't you care <laughs> yeah. about the world or why don't you care about people? Or you even said it, you even language, I'm not picking on you, but you even language it once like, you know, I don't take, uh, if, if I see somebody wearing a mask walking down the street, I don't think they're taking the pandemic seriously. Yeah. And so, so some variation of that kind of language um, again, I want to be careful not to equivocate, but I do, I do feel like there's some version of that where it's like, if you don't believe this version of science, you don't care. And you're the one that's killing everybody. And yeah. over here, it's like, well, if you don't believe this version, then you're the one who's killing everybody. And, you know, I, I love your research and I, you've opened my eye up so much to a, a pretty different narrative than the one I was um, caught up in. So yeah, that, 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 that there, could, there could be a lot to discuss there, just around. I, I think so, period. yeah. And I think that's where we can engage next time too, is like, uh, just continue this conversation before we move on to the next topic is, um, is it, I think you're accurate. And I think that's to some degree of like, I mean, I don't, I don't care that, I mean, if someone's not taking the pandemic seriously, that's also fine with me. You don't, there's, there's no obligation to take a pandemic seriously. Um, and I don't really place too much of a moral judgment on someone to not be like, I don't really want to, engage in it at all okay then don't do it don't 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 do the things that anyone tells you then please because or else or else you feel like you're deceitful but i think as you were talking about too boiling and I, kind of co coalescing with what i was talking about is it's like why are you harming society right is then how are you to me i was like it came down to like this hurts me and i'm telling you how this hurts me and so i was like i don't even know what the evidence on me is on the other side of like how is what i'm doing harming you and please explain it to me because I can, I mean, I just, in just a restaurant example alone, and I flipping love restaurants, people need to understand that. Um, but like that literally harms me. Like I cannot go sure. to, yeah, that like, that harms me. I cannot go into my favorite restaurants. If I was back in LA where I used to live. Um, and it's, that's, I've had it. So that to me is, of course, is that agree? Am I going to die because of that? No, I'm not. Um, but inside, I'm going to die inside. So no, it, it gets all the way down to the personal. I think in looking at it in those two frameworks too, I think that's also the framework that I try to approach it with you or anyone, which is like, okay, assuming that's both our concern is social as well as individual, let's look at the cases. Like, is that true? Are your concerns true? Are your concerns true? You know what I mean? As opposed to just like, well, we both think these ways. It is what it is. Let's agree to disagree. I never, I don't, I, there's no time in my life I agree to disagree. And it, and it cuts deep. I, you know, I'm in these mutual aid networks, which are anarchist, abolitionist, anti-racist. Yeah. And yeah. then it's like, oh, what should we do about masks? I don't know, what does the CDC say? It's like. Wait, <laughs> Wait. The, the systemically racist system told you to do something and you're just gonna do that. Cool, 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 cool. Listen, you got, I got, we can go down the whole, that whole road separately just because I think people who are in the informed consent space have been like, okay, of all people, y'all, I'm real confused. <laughs> Y'all got me real confused. Why are y'all over there? I'm pretty sure y'all should be with us over here. You know what I mean? I think this has been the funny thing about as things got tribal, like looking across and being like, oh, I don't want to be in a tribe at all, but look who's in this tribe with me. That's weird. Look across and be like, what are you doing over there? You know? Nonconformists always wear black. Yeah, that's the deal. Exactly. And, and yeah. to, be, to be really clear before we go, I am yeah. pointing at myself. I am, yeah. that's a lot of the point of mutual aid. It's not like I'm pointing to somebody who made that decision. It's like, we all yeah. made that decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. No, 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 absolutely. All right. Uh, we're a community and I love you. Love you too. All right. See you soon. See you soon, brother.
I love you. I'm going to go pick my kids up. Quit. All right. Love you, buddy. Love you too. Bye.